the silence about you As if you're holding out for spring When our outs have all disappeared To sip water from the stream I'm waiting up for you Dog and I by the cow gentlemen i'm tom hartridge and i have with me uh you're listening or watching neurons to nirvana i have with me today polaroid collective uh you guys if you don't mind going around the room and introducing yourselves real quick uh so that was me playing that <laughs> i go by j letter j and then wagner my name's johan my name is brett sorrell i'm from austin texas my name is ali holder laurie allen and i'm william wallace well, it's great having you all here. So tell me, what was the genesis? How did you all come about? I've We don't quite have half of the, what is it, 11 on the album, right? 11 songwriters, yeah. And how did you all come together? What was the culmination? We met out at a uh, uh, songwriters retreat out in West Texas that Johan puts on. I'm sure he'll talk about it. I won't steal the Crooked Crow um, spiel. I'll give that to him. But we met out there. Um, and uh, decided that it was a good uh, idea to record some of the songs that were written out there. Uh, and so we recorded in uh, January of 2022. Um, and no, 2023. It was this yeah. year. Yeah, it was this year. <laughs> Time's COVID. a flat circle, wow. man. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the album came out on August 25th, and it features 11 songwriters with 10 different songs. Um, and the goal was to have it sound as cohesive as possible right. um, while featuring as many different people and singing on each other's songs as we could. Um, and we just had so much fun doing it. So it. much it's fun. Really, really special for me. I think the fact that we're able to fly everybody, you know, down to to the same place and all get in a room together yeah, and do it's it. Extremely yeah. sick. It actually too. made it. It made it coherent because all the instruments are the same. It was all recorded on the same equipment. Yeah. Everyone plays on everything. Yeah. Everyone got the same germ. Yeah. You know, everyone, got was, <laughs> everyone got sick really yeah just about it just was about. a patchwork of of emergency oh, and, well. <laughs> and lots of water but yeah. um i think it sounds great yeah 
So tell Crooked Crow, where is that? Where do you put that on? Uh, so it's like a – I put it on down by the border of Mexico and Texas. It's a little place called Trinati Hot Springs, which is like almost two hours from any place. I've been there, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, and uh, I just like to bring people – I was a park ranger once in the Mojave Desert, and I that's always romanticized about bringing songwriters out to the desert, kind of like being born again, you know, like all – the Hindu or biblical stories, whatever, where they're in the desert and they find themselves, you know. And so uh, that's what I did. I found that place on accident. And next thing, it's been like 10 years of running it, so or 12 years or something, 13 years. I don't know. Is it every summer or when do you put it on? Uh, every October. Okay. So the next one's coming up when? October 4th through 8th. Uh, can artists sign up, or is it? Has it been... People just need to go to the website cricketcrow.net or cricket, yeah, and then send me an email that they want to come, and I'll put them in the lottery system. Which sounds horrible, but <laughs> there's like so many people that want to come that I. That's awesome. That, uh, and it's for like working songwriters only. Where I get these people that like, oh, I wrote one song, or I did, and I just tell them like, I send them to like song schools instead because. I want it to be like a collective of actual working songwriters that get to like take a break from life and go back to forming bands and being kids again and you know like (laughs) and it's cool because we have different workshops where he teaches us different techniques and that's super fun so when you all arrived sick or sick collectively uh, how many of you all knew each other beforehand oh at Crooked Crow yeah I think we all knew each other. Okay. I yeah. didn't know you okay. yet. I didn't know Lori yet. Yeah, okay. we we had we had just come back from Crooked Crow um, in October, and uh, that's where the kind of seed was planted uh, to kind of harvest some of the really great work that had been done out there already in terms of the songwriting and try and record them. But we we all were relatively familiar with each other when we went into the studio. Yeah. Okay. And where did you actually? So you. Were you executive producer of the album? Uh, yeah, my friend much, um, yeah. <laughs> Matt Parmenter, um, who owns Ice Cream Factory Studio over on Renly in um, North Austin. Okay. Uh, it's a great space, really, really open and um, fun person to, to work with. Uh, he and I kind of put it together, and he's the engineering mixing master because I don't know how to do all the, the knobs and stuff. I just knew all these wonderful people and decided it might be a good idea to put him in a room. Yeah. Yeah. We should call him Mix Master Matt. (laughs) He would like that. Or Triple M. Triple M. (laughs) So what types of genres do you think uh, are throughout the album, if you had to say? It's definitely a country theme. Yep, there's some country. country. Americana, maybe? Yeah, Americana, definitely some folk. Um, there's a, some a little kind blue-eyed of, soul. There's some sea shanties. <laughs> yeah, a, little that, sea shanty. <laughs> a little sea shanty. Yeah, it definitely it runs the gamut, but um, it it works. There's some yeah. There's some a little soul, blues in there blues. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, One rocker. Yeah, oh, with, yeah. with eleven different songwriters, you're going to get a whole bunch of different <laughs> stuff kind of mashed together. Do you think you'll bring this on the stage together? I would love to. Yeah, we have li- sort of a few times, mm-hmm. like in small parts. But yeah. Um, any idea when you might try to do that? So we're all, I think most of us are going out to Crooked Crow in October. Um, so maybe something um, in November, if everybody can make it into town. We have people that in the in the first kind of initiative Polaroid Collective that are from uh, Calgary, um, Canada, Taos, New Mexico, um, Whitefish, Montana, lots of Austin folks here. Yeah. Um, am I missing any other spot? I don't think so. Yeah. So they're kind of all over. So it, getting everyone to do the full album would be a little logistical, but we can totally do it. And how long did you say it took you all to put this album together? We were in the studio for three full days and then uh, with mixing and mixing. I would say probably about two weeks total of like work. Yeah, some overdubs and things. Yeah. yeah. Actual, the, the bulk of the recording was like two or three days. Yeah. Now, I've had both of you ladies on. Um, what – you just had an album come out, correct? Oh, me? Yeah, yeah I did uh, in August. Uh, what's it called? Lighthouse Keeper. And uh, would you say that that's similar sound as this album? 
Uh, you know, parts of it. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some some common threads, and you know, I co-wrote a couple, several of the songs on the on the Polaroid um, record. So you know, I can hear little bits of uh, little threads of commonality between um, you know the differences that that my record. There's not eleven songwriters on it, and all the songs are like twenty minutes long. So. Um, <laughs> You know, there there are some some definite differences. Yeah, right? we'll write some epic songs, yeah. epic folks, epic songwriter man. I mean, there's Wars. a couple of there's a couple of three minute radio hits on there, but but you know, there's also you know, pretty much of... anything Will wants to do, he's good at. That's uh, you flatter me, Allie. Thank you. Like, we don't be cook us dinner later. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He's gonna cook us dinner later. It's gonna be nice. epic. What are you cooking? Uh, um. <laughs> Rabbit, rabbit stew, uh, <laughs> rabbit stew with braised collard greens, uh, some bacon fat, uh, maybe some some hoppin' John. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, if you guys want to go grab dinner later, I'll get some McDonald's or something. But, <laughs> nice McDonald's. I haven't eaten at McDonald's in a long time. Yeah. Now, of you all who've been who are sitting here with me, who all collaborated on a song? Did any of you all write a song together? Brett and I wrote a song together. Yes. Sea Shanty. Yeah, yeah. We wrote the song Easy Eyes together yeah. uh, out in West Texas. Um, and unfortunately, Sweet Tea, or Tommy Charles is not here, but he, <laughs> sweet he tea. yeah, Sweet Tea is what yeah. we call him. We're the one who wrote that. Um, wrote Morning Light. And Johan, you just wrote Feedback in the Water on your own, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Will wrote Ladder Now with Hayden. Yep. Yeah, but he couldn't be here today, I mm-hmm. guess. So, um, yeah, in terms of the actual, it's funny. We actually didn't get a lot of the cross-pollination in this group of this, like, representative slice. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> almost every song on the record's a co-write. Um, although we all technically did. Um, there's one song on the record um, that everybody co-wrote. Oh, you um, know how it is. Yeah, you know how it oh, is. Right. Yeah. It's sort of a, sort of the, the, the one kind of soul, like, it's got a 50s kind of vibe to it. It was a fun one to write, too, because I remember, like, I came across, it was a nice day out, at, out in the desert. And there was a blanket down, and I think it was like T and Allie and you, mm-hmm. and y'all were like singing a chorus. And I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I need to get in on this. And so, like, I sat down and started jamming and started like throwing some words out. And then slowly but surely, it was like a, it was like a, a gravity well, and like people just started like coming to the blanket. And by the time we were done, there were like nine people around it, all like writing verses and like throwing things at this song and. So I mean, that's one of those cases where you just like chop it up evenly and like, cool, everybody gets one eleventh of the song because <laughs> no one has any clue who wrote what. Yeah. And what was fun about that one in the studio too was like, oh, we need like this duo of harmony here. Like, and I think that was what a, a special part about all of us being in the studio together. Um, and and helping each other with with the songs is like, oh, if like we played different instruments or had like different um like talents to bring to the table yeah. like we didn't have to like necessarily go find a session musician we could be like oh like you know our friend audra like plays the flute or like you know um we need this harmony here we could kind of pull from this well of the you know um, what was there and so like i feel like that element of like the co-writing also like bled into like the instrumentation too yeah. like there was a co-instrumentation um and like kind of using each other um, as assets to each other, yeah. And it was cool because I've not, I mean, I've only recorded my own stuff, like harmonies on other people's stuff, but just like a few things, but it was so much fun to like do all of the songs and it not be just about me. Like it took the pressure off, you want it to be better because you want it to be good for everyone else. So it's, it was really cool experience. It was so nice to like, kind of taking that point, it's like everybody felt invested in each other's songs um, and so that was such a special experience to, to, to be a part of. I even got to play the banjo, and usually people ask me to not. <laughs> so, you know, that's a win in my book. I feel like this the very seat of this was at the on the last night. There's a bathhouse, and oh, you've been there. Um, so it's a big bathhouse, and we all just sit around and swap songs. And we kind of, you recorded all of them pretty much, and that's how. Yeah. We, you recorded them there? Just on my phone. Right. Yeah. And it's not it's not cool because it's like a bathhouse. That sounds kind of weird, but like it's like <laughs> like we don't all get in there in like the sauna together no, and no, like no. rub There's in no water. In there. It's like the yeah. best natural reverb. Yeah, uh, on the yeah. on the on the property. So you get in there and it's got this just lovely like dark closed wall stone reverb thing going on. And if you do that in the dark with you know ten of your closest friends all singing harmony, uh, 
it gets pretty mystical in there. <laughs> yeah, it's very mystical. Very and mystical. We also can I say one more thing? Yeah, of course. Go also, ahead. on last year we did the Arroyo walks at night and mm -hmm. played some songs out on the Arroyo and just looked up at the stars and that was like a whole nother mystical experience of being at one with each other in the universe. Hear the coyotes calling. <laughs> so there was a meteor at, at shower Crow, going like, on. <laughs> usually people come up and they're like afraid to collaborate with other artists and they have all these fears about it's going to destroy your spirituality. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's really hilarious. People start crying that are grown people and, you know. It can get tense. Yeah. And then uh, eventually there's these little tricks that I'll place in to get them to open up a little bit to eventually start admitting that we pull from the collective and then eventually at the very end they have to be a collective and so it's really neat to see stuff like this come out of it because it's all about being a collective and realizing that we're all co-writing even though we're not you know like yeah. so and so who doesn't write he's really kind of co-writing with all his influences anyways you know co-creating life okay. yeah mm -hmm. yeah there's like the ether yeah there's now um you started this out in West Texas. West Texas is one of my favorite places. I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia, which is the coast. So when I went out there, it blew my mind away. But how do you think that environment, uh, did it enhance your creativity as a well, group? I think it does because there's no internet or cell phones. <laughs> and so it takes everyone's phones away. Yep. And they're, so they have all been a couple of times. So I, when I... They're going to forget it, but the first days when people who never come down and they've come from like Montana or whatever, and they can't get on their phone, it's confronting. <laughs> it's like they're really freaking out, and so they so their phone becomes a recording device. Yep, and so it's just like <laughs> so they just start recording like songs, and and then uh, it's kind of like a freeing thing to get away from technology for a while, you know, and like. The first year I did it, there was one lady that showed up with her laptop during our little writing session, and she refused to write with a pen. You know, that's not how she works. <laughs> and then eventually you look down, and then she's there. And then you, the next day, there's no laptop because she realizes that you're not the cool kid if you show up with a laptop. Exactly. <laughs> Most people are camping, so there's no power outlets out there. So yeah. 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 But it's so nice to be in a space that's, A, so beautiful, like West Texas it, I mean, it took me a couple of times to go out there to really have that like magic, like, oh, my God, this is magical uh, landscape. Uh, but everybody's there focusing and doing the same thing. They're there to learn and listen and write songs. And it's just to take that kind of creative uh, energy and magic and bring it back to Austin um, was really fun. Yeah. And like I've been a lot of times and this is the first time something like this has happened, you know, so it feels pretty special. It's not like it happens every time or. No. Um, so it's called Volume One. Is there going to be a Volume Two? I hope so. One day. I hope so. One day. Yeah. Awesome. I, mean, I think we should do the traveling Wilburys thing where we skip right ahead to Volume <laughs> Three. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to get folks together, but like Ali was saying, if it's just not feeling quite right, or if it's you know logistically too hard, then we'll we'll figure something else out. But I would love to do another. I one. I think it will naturally come to fruition at some point yeah when it wants to yeah yeah, yeah and i think it could shift too it's like it doesn't have to always be you know exactly the same as it was the last time it does it's yeah. not the same twice you know yeah. mm -hmm. the record the songs, even the people might be a little different next yeah. time you know it's just a question of yeah i love the idea of like asking what the song or whatever creative thing you're doing like what it wants and like just going with that for a minute and taking I have a big problem with just wanting to do what I want to do. Right. <laughs> so it's fun to take that out sometimes and see what happens. It's all fun and games until the songs start asking you to burn things. Or, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful. They're wild animals. They you really know. are. Wild <laughs> animals. Yeah. Johan has a has a speech about how songs are like chasing a wild animal, and you don't always know where it's going to take you. So. <laughs> Yeah. Elaborate. I want to hear your version. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I, said, I, set, I set you up for that. <laughs> and then Lori knocked it Please down. Up. <laughs> so, well, just from years of, of co-writing with people and working with people is you always get scared of the person that shows up and like has their song that they want to work with you on. But it's like they already know how it's going to dress and how it's going to eat and this is going to, you know. So they've already like captured it, you know. But I'm like, you have to trail the song. And like leave little breadcrumbs for it, you know, and go follow it and see where it wants to go. And, you know, 
And, you know, I don't, I, this is really woo woo, I know, but like, no, like pour a glass of wine for the song, you know, or like, you know, and this is all crazy, but <laughs> when you really get in this vibe of that the song is also talking to you when you got something going, it's like they're wild animals and they don't want to be captured off the bat. They want to like kind of be loved and trailed and, and then eventually they tame you and you tame it, you know. I know this sounds weird. It's but... kind of like Pokemon, though, because then you like tra- <laughs> you trap them in a little disc of plastic and then like never let them back out again. And so there, I mean, there is kind of a there's there's a or, or it's like Pokemon. That's really what we're doing out there yeah, in West yeah. Texas. We're playing Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon. But the idea well, you, is... you don't need electricity for that. No. <laughs> but but the idea is to stop clobbering your song with meaning. You know, like, yeah. it means this. It's all about my dad. When all reality, the song is like trying to be, I want to be more of a s- symbolic thing. I want to be more of this. And and you learn to like stop forcing things on it. And then it then it breathes. And, and then it's easier to collaborate with other artists too because you're not like coming in with a hammer. Instead, you're like inviting them over for dinner, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think also that approach, you know, to, to collaboration and giving the song some space, giving it some space to breathe having to chase it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It also means, and not clobbering with meaning, means that um, you bring less ego to it, right? Yeah. Like you recognize that the song has the reins and uh, you know that way you kind of stay out of the way of yourself and whoever you're writing with so that y'all can can do in service of, of the muse, in service of the song, instead of in service mm-hmm. of yourself. And that's, I think, one of the, the hardest lessons I learned um, in co-writing over the years is just, yeah, getting getting my expectations and my ego out of the way. And um, I also think that's one of the things that worked really well about the Polaroid Collective record was that the songs all came together really smoothly and organically. And, you know, even to the point where we put 11 songwriters in a studio together for a week, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of ego in the room with us. There was a lot of just, oh yeah, like let's give the songs what they need. Let's let's let them breathe. Let's put this on it. Let's try that. Yeah. Um yeah. It felt it felt like we had given them the proper respect and the proper space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there were like the listening parties where we would go and we would like really like do a deep listen and like all of us give like, you know, constructive feedback and like on on, you know, the the layers of things that were put together. And I thought that was really special too, was those, yeah. those debrief sessions and um, like fine tuning the craft and the art of it. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts of that process. And you like really have to get people to care to want to do that, you know, just of their own free time and will. So the fact that we got like 11 people to do it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This was all uh, Brett's idea. I mean, I know we're talking about a cricket yeah. crow. I mean, I. I have this retreat where they all met and stuff like that, but uh, it was Brett's idea to get everybody together. He's it's, the band leader. Yeah, he's the band leader. <laughs> he's also the band zaddy. Yeah, so we end up in debt, and he's, he's taking it on. <laughs> Brett Sorrell, LLC. <laughs> Limited liability. But yeah, Brett really, I mean, you got us the studio time and kind of put everything in motion for us, which was Yeah, great. I mean, it, I was on such a high from all the creative juices being out there that I just kind of was like an eager beaver and was like, okay, what can we do? Let's, let's get this something going. And, um, it was, yeah, just lucky that everybody was willing and and wanted to work on these songs and get in the same room together and make it happen. So let's go to your song, Feedback in the Water. Yeah. Did that, was that written entirely at Crooked Crow or had Uh, you started some of it already? So I run, Outside of Cricket Cry, I run, like, different writers groups and stuff like that. And uh, there's this one I run where, where we take a poem in a language we don't speak, and we try to trust that there's a message in there. And we just start translating what, what we think it might mean <laughs> slowly, like draft after draft after draft after draft, until the song starts speaking to us. And so that's where that came out. And we do that at Cricket Crow. And so we brought, so right after Cricket Crow is where that came in. And uh, that's when, like, the line starts showing up about, like, elks going out to sit water. And, you know, like, when you keep rewriting something over and over, you start finding, that's going to sound a little woo-woo, but, like, it's like alchemical process. You know, we start off off with kind of junk, 
Mm-hmm. And if you believe that there's gold there, eventually you will get it. And I think it like taps into your subconscious too. You know, like you get the song and you're like, oh wow, I didn't know I was that dark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, that's what everyone thinks about. That's why I always make a, because a friend of mine, I have, I have one on his new record, and I'm always so paranoid because uh, he's more well known uh, than me, and I'm always someone's going to find the the early drafts and see his stupid stuff. <laughs> And not understand the process. So I tell the group, like, just in case these songs don't take, don't post them anywhere because people in the real world don't understand that we're like digging for garbage and trying to find little gold nuggets. And, you know, it's got to feel really good to hear one of those songs in a big space, like in a big venue and knowing that it came from gibberish. Yeah. (laughs) That you started from like, you know, a poem in Dutch or something that you translated into something, you know, completely different. Like what language was yours in? Uh, I forgot what, I mean, it could have been like, I think we got like a Zimbabwe language out of it. I mean, it, I just picked the most random poems. (laughs) Okay. And, and you don't, it's just like if you see like three Z's and an A, you'd be like in a B. You're like Zaba. Or like pizza. Pizza, yeah, like pizza. <laughs> you'd be like, what, is that, what does that might mean? I mean, it's almost like a little kid exercise. And, and then what happens is you have this like first draft and it's like pizza, wore hat to party. <laughs> Cowboy ate my bagel. I mean, it means, and but then you start going, I'm going to trust the process and keep trying to, and then the next one's like, you get rid of the pizza, you like ate food with a cowboy on the ranch. And then you keep translating it to eventually you're like, I traveled a day for years without boots or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you start finding gold slowly and then a song comes out. And then, but a week before you, this is never going to work. Yeah. <laughs> this is gibberish. But the whole idea is to believe in the alchemical process that no matter what you're handed, you can eventually find something there. Johan just heard one of those songs that he wrote using that process played at Red Rocks uh, not too long ago. So that yeah, that's so, cool. so cool. Who, who that was played, cool experience. Who played one of your songs? Uh, Gregory Allen Isaac Coffers that ring a bell. Yes. I know of him. Yeah. Did you get to go to Red Rocks? I was there, yeah. <gasps> that was pretty cool. That's experience. so cool. So what was that feeling like? That had to be amazing. Well, that was great, you know, and what was neat was at the end of this, we do this little uh, uh, group for six months and then we take a break and then we have to rewrite the one that we like the best you know and it can be a co-write within the group but I took went to go visit Gregory and I took that song up there and I gave him draft seven and I said don't worry about it I'm gonna go for a walk <laughs> and, then he, and then he wrote and that's hard to do like because you're co-writing and you're like what you like just have draft seven and then he rewrites draft seven and I come back and there's these lines about bones and stuff I'm like oh Bones. <laughs> oh, God. And it's then so I'm there. like, okay, give me draft eight. You know, and then I'm like trying to fix the bones line. And then, yeah, yeah. And then I give him draft nine, and he's like trying to bring the bones back, you know. <laughs> I love you and end up in a bone war, like translate, the translitic bone war. And the next thing, he's like, I got to work on the farm. Will you write like 12 more verses? I'm like, and pick, we'll pick from those. I'm like, oh. Yeah, sure, I could just bust out 12 verses. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, I'll do that. You know? But the, the idea is the gold, like you're going to write a bunch of crappy ones. And and then so the whole, so it's neat to have that song documented. And when I was listening to him perform it at Red Rocks, it was really cool because I was like thinking of all the different drafts. And Which song is it? It's called One Day. It's like, one day the wave to forget the ocean. Cool. Did he give you a shout out at the show? Yeah, or he not? did. I mean, he didn't have to, but he did. You know what I mean? It's awesome. You know, I was just excited to be at a venue that wasn't 109 degrees in Austin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Had the best acoustics I ever heard in the world, and my ears didn't ring afterwards, but it was, like, loud. And Did the final version have bones in it? The fi- Yeah, the final version. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense now. It's just, like, all of a sudden there's, like, these bones. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> just checking. <laughs> is this going to be a song that he'll record? Uh, it's on his new record. It just came uh, out. Okay. Yeah, like his record came out like two months ago or something. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's beautiful. What was that? <laughs> My <laughs> water bottle chirped like a bird. Wow. That sounded very much like a bird. Yeah, I think there might be a bird in the water bottle, but it's a magic bottle. <laughs> um, and what songs did you write on the album? I wrote uh, Easy Eyes with Will, which is kind of a mystical um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash 
song that then kind of morphs into a sea shanty. Um, <laughs> they wrote it by a swimming pool. Yeah, by a swimming pool. <laughs> they, uh, had po- they had little toy pirate boats. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wrote, um, I was a part of the crew that wrote You Know How It Is, which is the soul song that Sweet Tea does such a great job with. Yeah. I think that was the only this the country duet and then the soul song we all wrote. I think mm-hmm. those are the only two I wrote on. Yeah. And Laurie, you yours is Bells, right? Mm-hmm. I love that song so much. Oh, thanks, Sally. <laughs> and that was on that like I sang underneath the stars and the Arroyo that we were talking about, and that was really special. And then I also um, did like a three-way female co-write um, with Audra Rogers and um, mm. Kara, and they're in New Mexico and Montana. And um, that was really special, too. It was, like, a lot of... Um, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, that one's called Arabella Blue. So. And what about you? Oh, I think I co-wrote three songs on the record because I did Easy Eyes with Brett after I found him at the swimming pool, and I was like, man, that sounds that's a cool riff. Like, let's turn this into a sea shanty, which was my <laughs> secret goal all along. <laughs> um, it's just I was like, I'm going to make it a sea shanty and play banjo on it. Um, and then um, Lighter Now um, with Hayden Butler, who's um, he's great. He's got um, music out this year. Um, great music video he did this year, but great country singer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Good dude. Um, and yeah, we ended up writing um, you know, this really, really kind of sad relationship country <laughs> song, song. Uh, together, which has an interesting secret behind it, but mm. I'm, I'll take it to my grave. Um, <laughs> And then Ragged um, with Kara and uh, Rich Russell from Lonesome Heroes. Um, the three of us um, wrote that song actually a couple of years ago out in the desert, but it kept coming back and it kept sticking in our heads and we felt like it needed to be uh, given a home. Uh, you mentioned traveling Wilburys. What songwriters influence you guys the most? Uh, Can I just say... I saw Patty Griffin walking today in my neighborhood for the second really? time, and I was like, so cool. <laughs> the first time I was like, can I pet your dog? Um, I freaked out. Does she live here I in Austin? Yeah, she lives here. I had no idea. She was one of wow. my biggest influences, why I felt like I needed I know, to bring yeah, that up and awesome. tell someone I saw her. Wow. I didn't even look her in the eye today. I was like, just walk by. <laughs> Quit freaking around. Yeah, she is really a top shelf songwriter, Patty Griffin. She is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anybody else for you, Allie? <sighs> Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say, like, Gillian Welch and Willie Nelson and mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson and Joni Mitchell, all the all the classics. What about the rest of you, Laurie? Um, I would also say Joni Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah Jaros, for sure. Bonnie Raitt, Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're in Texas and someone doesn't say Towns Van Zant, that you um, that you <laughs> yeah. probably are doing something wrong. But I had a, I had an early encounter with Towns Van Zant that that shaped my my songwriting a lot. Really, what, um, what was it? Uh, I met him in a bar when I was ten. You met him um, before he passed away. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my dad took me to the Cactus Cafe and was like, "You need to see Towns if you're interested in songwriting." And uh, what were you drinking? <laughs> Probably milk. I don't know. Not a Shirley Temple. Double, you know, yeah. That's, that's, I went to the cactus a lot as a kid. You know, I think this is the first time I went there. But the bartender ended up, you know, he got to know me. He's like, oh, yeah, it's the kid that comes in here. The kid. Um, one time I went in there. And my, the one time I went in there and my debate teacher was tending bar. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I had the same question. Um, I digress. Um, yeah, um, met, I met Towns between sets, um, and he took me back to the green room in the Cactus Cafe, and we talked about songwriting. And, so you, uh, you had like a one-on-one conversation? Yeah, we had like a one-on-one conversation about um, little bits and pieces. Yeah. The main thing I recall is that after afterwards, um, he got back on stage for the second set, and I'm, I was sitting up in the front row with my dad and at the cactus. And he starts playing, and the first song in the second set, he just he sings Hank's Lost Highway, but he sings it like locked dead on with my eyes, like singing it at me, and um, that scared me shitless. That'll, that'll change a man. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, Towns. Um, Towns is one of the, the giants in my world, and um, and Neil Young, um, who mm. I might or might not have traveled to see 31 times. There you go. What? No judgment here. I've seen bands way more than that. Yeah. 
I knew you loved Neil Young, but I didn't know. What about you guys? 31 times. Uh, well, I don't know. I've, I I grew up with Dylan, you know, like he was such an another side of Bob Dylan. That record was so huge when I was a kid, you know. Uh, just a lot of my friends, too, you know, just growing up with great songwriting friends. And, uh, you know, of course, Leonard Cohen, you know, uh, Patty Griffin, for sure. I love her. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say that. Yeah, I would say Bob Dylan, Neil Young, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, kind of that um, Laurel Canyon vibe was a big influence on me. And I love sort of quirkier stuff. Like there's a guy named Sean Hayes, not the uh, actor, but uh, <laughs> the musician who paints really interesting pictures with his songs and sonically. And um, I love that. Um, let's talk about what do you all – Hopefully you'll get together and play as a group, but what about your solo or your bands? Allie, what do, you, do you have anything coming up? Um, I have like a page full of songs, um, and I'm going to – I'm staying at a friend's in North Texas, and I'm just going to record a bunch of demos to see which ones I like and don't like, um, and then kind of weed those out and eventually record them sometime next year. I want to try to like – do a label. I don't know. I don't know what you do these days. Um, but I'm going to try to do it a different way than I had before and kind of like shop the songs out. Um, and I have this idea of either um, going to my guitar, old guitar player, bass player lives in L.A. now. Um, and he's fantastic. And he engineers it one of Rick Rubin's studios or something. Oh, wow. This is what I've heard. I don't know. And I was like, that would be cool for me to take the songs to him because he's helped me with composition before and have him record it. And then my other probably more realistic idea is to record one song in a different studio in Austin so I can just have like all these collective experiences. Did you and Lori record? I know that I, Lori, I talked to you. Oh, um, so I have two singles out right now, but my goal is to record an album within the next year. And okay. I, I wrote a lot of songs this summer, and I'm I'm putting together kind of an aesthetic for it, and I have some exciting ideas for it. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's that's in the works for sure. Okay. So kind of sifting through the songs from the summer and from like the last yeah last few months, and kind of pulling out, you know the the. The ones I want to um, pursue. Yeah. So. How was the tour with Shane Cooley? Oh, it was beautiful. We went to a lot of national parks and covered a lot of miles and saw a lot of really beautiful things. And um, yeah, it was really lovely. And then I got to see my family too and went to, hung out and did some things in the Midwest. And so, yeah, it was fun. Are you and Shane going to be at Utopia Fest? Mm hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I'll be there, of course. Uh, what about you, Will? Well, um, the the part of me that needs to put the marketing hat on right now says, as we talked about earlier, I just released my debut full-length record, That's Lighthouse right. Keeper, which you can go to williamwallacemusic.com or just look up William Wallace Music. Um, you can find out more about. Now I'm going to take that hat off real quick. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping for the next year, you know, this year was like super creatively fruitful. Like we did the Polaroid record. I finally put the solo record out, which I actually recorded several years ago. And it's got me pretty fired up about kind of just saying yes to everything or at least saying yes to things until I'm full up. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping to do some co-writing. I'm hoping to I've actually got a second um, full length in production now. Um, so actually with Matt Parmenter over at Ice Cream oh, nice. Factory. We started on it earlier in the year. We parked it and um, we need to come back to it now. Now, but um, there's a full-length record being developed there. Um, I want to do a Halloween single. I wrote this song about the possession of the Ursuline nuns in 1634. Amazing. Um, <laughs> that, it's, a, it's a bluegrass song, and so I want to see if, like, between now and Halloween, I can, like, get a string band together, some, like, bluegrassers together, That's and some of my spooky. friends to sing harmony and just try to do this as, like, a Halloween single. Because everyone does Christmas singles, but no one does Halloween singles. <laughs> Werewolf bar mitzvah. Yeah, exactly, man. So, yeah, basically straight out. Just trying to say yes to more things and try to put as much art into the world in the next year as I can. Mm. What about you guys, Johan? Uh, so I've just been really focusing on, like, writing songs and trying to get them on other people's records for a while. It's That's, been, like, a goal of mine. It's a smarter thing to do, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but uh, I, 
I just got inspired the last couple of weeks, you know, and I know I'm going to, I got so many songs just sitting at the house, you know, begging to get some attention, you know. And so I know I'm going to do a record this year. It's just like this, so much work, you know, with all the other stuff besides the recording process. And, uh, but yeah, so there's definitely, I'm going to record another record. Yeah. Awesome. And I am finishing up uh, mixes on, in December, I recorded uh, an entire Will and Jennings record, <laughs> uh, Dreaming My Dreams from front to back. Uh, Will helped out uh, a bunch on that playing lead guitar. So I'm going to put that out. I don't have a date yet. I still need to come to grips that it's just about ready to be to be finished. Um, and then I also have another solo record that I'm working on in at Ice Cream Factory Studio with Matt Parmenter. Nice. So busy. It's been a busy year, which is great. Fruitful. The Whalen record sounds so good. It's, it's like the parts that I've heard and the parts I got to play on. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm not a country artist by any stretch of the imagination, and so it was a challenge and really fun to take these classic country songs singing about rhinestone suits and new shiny cars, which I would never ever <laughs> sing about and just kind of be like, all right, I'm going to own this and and go for it. And so with the help of a lot of people, it, it it's sounding really good, which I'm really excited about. I heard you got Henry Dunham to play on it. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Who's that? Inside joke. Oh, okay. I had the same question. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Know. I didn't want to be like everybody, that, and I'd be the one that'd be like, well, same. no, someone doesn't know how is a bunch. Yeah, so you threw an inside joke out, but we can't, we're not going to find out oh, why. It's, 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 it's one of those where you explain it and it's not funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the songs on that record is called, uh, it's, it's Are You Sure Hank? Hank Dunham this way. And so I told Brett that, um, or I told somebody that like, you know, his first call was um, was was to Henry Dunham, um, but that he wouldn't accept the gig, um, you know, like he wasn't paying enough or whatever. Like, you know, Hank, Hank doesn't do him that way or Hank, Hank Dunham you don't that think way. You Hank don't think, you don't think Hank Dunham that way. <laughs> so it was just a really dumb, obscure uh, Waylon pun, which I threw at Brett and he appreciated. I did. <laughs> now it's made it on the podcast. So that's yeah. Cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, it's not funny when you explain it. But, but, but you should have explained it. It was much funnier in my head. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I outed your inside joke. Yeah. Well, when you see not when sorry, you see actually. old Hank in the uh, in the line in the, the liner notes for the record, that's probably me. So. Well, I'd love for you all to play another song. Um, who's gonna go next? Are you gonna do ragged? Or you want to do yours? I don't know. Why don't you do both? We've got one step Okay. Yeah. We've cool. got time. Do yours and then I'll do. All right. Anybody need my guitar? I will after him okay. for sure. Uh, move the mic back a little bit here. See if I can. There'll be some skillful edits there. Um, so, yeah, this song is uh, This is Ragged off the Polaroid Collective Record. And uh, it's normally a duet with Kara uh, Alvick, and she's up in Whitefish, Montana, and could not fly in for this today. Um, but we also co wrote it with Rich Russell, and um, he's also on the road, I think. And, um, he's in Slovenia. Yeah, he's in Slovenia, <laughs> um, which is completely random, but that's awesome. Um, so, he's in Slovenia. Uh, so, uh, it's just me covering the duet today.
That song is so rock and roll. Will you play on this, Will? Yeah. Make me sound better. I never thought that I'd come back That I swore I never would First time I've been wrong You should have stayed gone I should have stayed at home You should have left all of this alone Close the door of this hotel
Well, listen, I'm going to give you all the uh, mic, the floor. If you want to say anything before we wrap up, anything else you want to share? Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Of course, my yeah. pleasure. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you to all these folks for, for joining, and thank you for having us so much. It was so much fun to work on this record. Yeah, thanks, thanks for you. making like it happen. Yeah. Absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, if the anyone listening and watching wants to listen to this album, they can find it on Spotify and where else? Uh, Apple Music. Um, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Bandcamp.com. Yeah, anywhere you stream music, you can you can find it if you search Polaroid Collective. Napster. YouTube. Napster. <laughs> YouTube. Napster actually has some of the best royalties these days, which is the best irony in the world. It really is. is. They started all this. Yeah. yeah. And now they're like, but we pay the artists the most. So... Yeah, so f yeah. listen to us on Napster, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know Napster was still around. It's know. still around, and it's, and it's actually, if you look at the chart of, like, you know, from Spotify to Zed, yeah. you know, like, who's paying the, the, the I guess it's free from Apple to Zed. Um, who's paying the best royalties? Napster's up there, which is funny. Um, Wait, there's a thing called Zed? No, that's the that's the Brit and me, um, just oh. A to Z. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Oh, I get it. Apple. Yeah. To, oh, okay. Yeah. Apple. Apple disease. Sorry. I think I it's also uh, <laughs> no. You should also go and uh, we have a final moment here um, and look up the other songwriters um, and the collective, um, the folks that couldn't be here. Um, Aaron Huff, Kara Albuck, Audra Rogers, uh, Rich Russell, mm -hmm. uh, Tommy Charles in Canada, Hayden Butler, Hayden Butler in Austin. Six plus five. Did I get everybody? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to feel like a total jerk. Someone's going to text me later and be like, you forgot so-and-so. And I'm going to feel bad. But I think I that's, that's it. That's I think that's everybody. People. Yeah. Yeah. So go look all those people up, too. Most of them have music online. And uh, we wish they could all be here playing with us right now. But yeah. well, once again, I want to thank all five of you from Collective uh, Polaroid. And uh, go out and listen to their album. It's really great. And I'm Tom Hartridge, and you've been watching and or listening to Neurons to Nirvana. <laughs>